Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. One of the things that has happened in our culture, and it's really important that we see um, something that was an annoyance years ago has now become a critical psychological problem in the culture. Um, there was a time when you would have to talk to people, maybe at like a dinner, at a wedding, or you'd be on the train or whatever the case may be, but you would be around them and you'd kind of have to have this conversation. What social scientists are calling this now is conversational anxiety. But what it used to be called was called small talk. And when you were doing small talk, you knew that there would be these awkward moments of silence and there'd be these other moments where you have to kind of figure out, like, what does this person think? What do they think about me? And it just felt really weird, right? And you kind of endured it. And where you wanted to be was around people that knew you, that liked you, and that understood you. But what ended up happening in our culture is the advent of social media. And because of social media, we don't have to have those conversations with people as much anymore because we have these things called phones. And phones are kind of like our force field, right? Where you don't have to deal with people and then you have some headphones on and that is the clear do not enter sign into my life. So because of those modes, people have become much more socially isolated. And through social isolation, what studies have found is that people are becoming more comfortable talking to the people they already know. Duke had a study and it said essentially that 80% of people don't have a friend outside of their family. That study is true. That means that only 20% of people really have found a friend outside of who they've grown up with. And it also means that people are losing their ability to connect. We're losing our ability to know. And in correlation, we're losing our ability to be known. And essentially, when you don't feel known, that's what loneliness is. Loneliness is a feeling that speaks to our deep hunger to belong and be known. And that's what we're going to talk about as we've been working through Chip Dodd's book and we've been walking through some Psalms, we've essentially seen that there are these different emotions that we hit on. And today we're gonna to talk about that feeling that we feel, that we wanna be known, we wanna be understood, we wanna be connected with. Chip Dodd notes that there are three types of loneliness that we can experience. The first loneliness he talks about is loneliness for you. See, essentially we're always lonely for someone. Loneliness for you means that at times I need solitude. My mom, when I was growing up, she would always make this statement, I can't even hear myself think. And I'd be like, mom, that's the silliest thing I ever heard. And then I got older and I was like, I can't even hear myself think. Y'all need to be quiet, right? Because there comes a point where you actually need time to hear you. You need to ask yourself, how am I doing? What have I been thinking? How am I feeling? And that kind of feeling means you need alone time. And alone time ultimately leads to time with God time to be known by God. So the second way that we need to be known, uh, or rather the second way we need to have a relationship is loneliness for others. 
other people, having a friend. And we're going to talk more about this at the end. But essentially, we need people who are beside us. And after we live life, we come to find out we don't really know what we're talking about. So we need someone above us, somebody that knows what they're doing in life. And then after we attain wisdom, we kind of want someone we dispense wisdom to, someone underneath us. So we need like 360 degrees of relationship in order to feel known and feel discovered. And the third type of loneliness is a loneliness for God. That is, we want someone that's not like humans, someone that's always there, someone that always meets our expectations, a heavenly father. And so we spend time with God. So we want to be known and we want to feel, we don't want this loneliness to be affected by knowing ourselves, knowing others, and knowing God. Now, one thing that is important to note, there is a level of loneliness that we'll have until we're with our Heavenly Father. I love the fact that there has been a greater emphasis in the culture on mentorship, I love that we're looking for friendships. I'm glad some of us want to get married. I'm glad some of us are figuring out how to get connected to a mentor. All of those things are fantastic. But none of those humans will ever meet that need fully. And no quiet time will God will ever fully meet that need. There is a level of loneliness that will not disappear until we're in the kingdom of God, until we're with Jesus fully. And we have to embrace that and have the right expectations of people and even our right expectations of God. There are myths that we have when it comes to loneliness. And the fact of the matter is when it comes to loneliness, there is a myth that keeps us lonely. And maybe there's one main myth. And we've been throughout the series, we're going to talk about different myths to these emotions, but there's one main myth to this one. And it is the myth that Numbness equals strength. What I mean by that is numbness, i.e. the fact that I don't feel like I need anybody is equivalent to being strong. Christians do this more than anyone else because we make the false statement, all I need is God. We particularly say all I need is God after people have hurt us particularly when Christians hurt us. And we say, well, all I need is God. Why do I feel lonely? I shouldn't feel lonely because I have God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we have all these different things we say to ourselves. Here's the truth. The truth is God gave us loneliness so we would seek relationship, not turn off relationships. God gave us loneliness. And so with that, we have to understand in Genesis 2, God had a helper that was suitable for Adam. And, and when he did that, he was saying, it's not good for man to be alone. So Adam had quarantine life on lock. He had life all by himself. So the life that we say, oh, I just can't get away from people. Adam had that. And God in his sovereignty saw that a man by himself with no one to reflect life with was not a better picture of what he intended to be the Imago Dei, i.e. a reflection of himself. He felt like the real reflection of himself was Adam and someone else. And, and to be clear, Adam and Eve is a picture of marriage, but it's more so a picture of humanity. In other words, God saying man is not meant to be alone is not necessarily marriage, it's just relationship and community. And so God's full intention for man, good intention for man, is that he would not be alone. 
We also have to understand that when Jesus talks about the commands, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That command he gave us wasn't given to us so that we would just serve people. Us loving people is for us. We are given that command for our flourishing. We need people and we live a disfigured picture of God when we are not around people, giving ourselves to people and sacrificing for other people. That is God's intention for our lives. So this all I need is God, all I need is God business will only leave you not actually reflecting the God you say you love. What God intends for you is to love people to know people and to be known. And the way that we get to this heart of knowing how loneliness looks and how to offer it up to God is looking at David. David, we saw last week, his honesty before God. Well, in Psalm 88, he does something very similar. In Psalm 88, this is what David says. He says, you have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. Notice what David says is that he's looking at his friendships and he's saying, God, the reason why things are changing is because of you. I've just looked around. There's just too many coincidences. There's, why, isn't, why aren't things really working out in my favor? And so he says, God, you must be up to this. And the word there, companions, is the word in Hebrew, yada. And the word yada means to be known. And it doesn't mean to have knowledge, like to understand a book. It means to experience life with someone. He's saying, I don't have any yadas. I don't have anybody that knows me. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. That sound familiar? Nobody really understands what I go through. I walk around and there's people that are around me, but no one really knows me. He says, I don't have any yadas. I don't have anybody that gets me. And he says, ultimately, God, if you wanted, if, if I was going to, if somebody was going to get me by now, you would let that happen. Why aren't there any yadas in my life? Why is there anybody that understands me, that experiences life in the way that I understand? And this is what ends up happening. David says in Psalm 88, my eyes grow dim through sorrow. Look what David does. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you, right? Look at this picture. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Notice what he's saying here. He's saying, I am giving myself in full extent of worship and I feel dead on the inside. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm right in the front singing all the songs. I'm shouting and I'm praising and I still feel dead on the inside. And this shows us that there's a real chance that you can be a person that loves God with all your heart, but you're going through the motions. In other words, you just feel like, man, I love you, God, but there's something missing in my life. And it most likely is a type of relationship that you do not feel God has met. And because of that, many people I find have relationships, but oftentimes feel alone. My friend once called it crowded loneliness. You're around a crowd, but you still feel like no one gets you and you're worshiping and you're praising, but you still feel dead inside. This is David. 
David's saying, I'm, I'm praising. So, so notice, David says, I had some companions, they're gone. I'm praising God, I feel dead inside. And this is what happens to people. When you've tried and you've tried to relate to people and you've tried to connect with people and you've tried to have your yadas and no one, you ain't got no yadas around and you're praising God and you're starting to feel dead, this is what happens. It, it's this thing called apathy. You see, the opposite of loneliness is apathy. And, and when a person feels apathetic, you see, uh, sympathetic, sympathetic means I, we feel the same thing. Empathetic means I try to understand the way you feel. But apathetic means I don't even try to feel what you feel. I remove myself from certain emotions. I don't even try to connect anymore. Apathy is the denial of your humanity. It is the denial of wanting to love people. It is saying, I don't need people. I don't want people. I'm tired of people. People, uh, I've dealt with them before. No more time for people because people only land you hurt, alone, and afraid. No, that's what apathy causes. It's a defiant attempt to believe that you don't have a real human heart, that you're more robotic, that you can just go in and out throughout the day and not feel. And so we cut off our need for relationship. <clears throat> and when we feel apathetic, we speak that old African-American proverb said in the abonical phrase, we say, you do you, I'ma do me. You do you, I'ma do me. I got no more time for people. And we separate ourselves and we do our own thing. And if we could pause and be honest, many of you have made that decision already. I don't care how much involved you're in church. I don't care how much, you can even be married and still have come to the conclusion, I'ma do me because people are unsafe and I don't see God creating this for me anymore. I don't see God creating an opportunity for me to feel connected to or loved or known. And what David does here is powerful. David makes a decision. Psalm 88 is really one of those unique Psalms where the Psalm ends with David just kind of not having a resolution, you know, because the Psalm feels better when there's kind of like a sun will come out tomorrow vibe, right? Like when everything, they're walking off in the sunset with God. But this is one of those Psalms that end and he's like, yeah, so we still have a problem, right? But the point of looking at David in the Psalms is not to do everything David does. It's actually to mimic his honesty. You see, looking at David, we can realize that this is a descriptive Psalm, looking at how he feels. And in this Psalm, David says this, this is how it ends. Verse 14, oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up. I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. So this is what he's saying. I'm, emotions are coming down. I feel helpless. And this is what he says. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. This is how he ends the psalm. 
I want to show you how he ends it. In verse 18, he names off several different types of relationships. He says, you have caused my beloved, is the first one he says to shun me. The word beloved means my lover, my romantic partner. In other words, he's saying, I either had romance or I desire romance and it's not coming. And I'm letting you know, God, I want romance. It's not around. I'm looking to you to do something about it, right? But secondly, he says, my friend, and that word friend is not yada. That word friend is actually speaking, the, the way it renders in the Hebrew, it's like someone you'd be in a, a jail cell with or someone you'd be at work with. It's someone you're working around all the time. It's really what we would consider more of an acquaintance, someone we work with. But I think that what he speaks to is many of us need purposeful connection, someone that we just are around and we can feel like we connect with and we're kind of doing some of the same things. It's, it doesn't have to be super deep, but it's just someone I feel safe around. I can be around. And then the third one is my companions. That's yada. He said, my companions have become darkness. The yadas of my life are gone. These are the people that know me, accept me, and get me. And so what he says is, throughout this psalm, I need God. He says, I need romance. He says, I need purposeful connection, someone that can empathize, try to understand me. But then I also need a close friendship. I need someone who can sympathize with me. It is so important that you understand that you need someone who yadas you. You need somebody who gets you. You, need, you, there, you can't always be explaining yourself to a friend. You need someone who, there's some things you don't have to explain. You need a friend you can call up at two o'clock in the morning and say something crazy to. You need someone that will accept you in your foolishness and connect to you and commit to you. And many of us don't have that. And so we don't feel safe in life. And one of the most important things that David shows us here is he says, I don't have this. And then he ends the song. Because what David does is he names what he needs to God. Many of you, I get it. You feel like there needs to be more relationship in your life, but you've got to get to the place where you start naming your needs before God and start saying, I need relationship. And let me say this, I have found this to be particularly difficult in, in people who come from fractured families or there was some kind of brokenness there and there's a hardness to you, right? Or you, you had a friend that betrayed you. There's a hardness to you. And what you did was you got deep with God because you're like, I know God loves me and that's cool. But let me just tell you, people that put all their energy into God and don't put energy into people end up becoming socially awkward people because they don't know how to reflect. You know what they don't know how to do? Small talk. They don't know how to connect with people and deal with people. And the fact of the matter is God has made you to stretch out into all different types of relationships and lives so that you can be a benefit to other people. You see, the way that you end up with a yada is small steps. The real way to end up with a friendship 
is by serving people. And it slowly matriculates into more, not by isolating. But the first step is naming it before God and saying, I, okay, all right, I, I need people. <laughs> Shoot, people didn't hurt me, okay, but I need people. And I need someone more than just my coworkers. I, I need a real friend. And say it before God and be honest before him. The real question is, who are you lonely for? You're lonely for someone. Or maybe some of you tonight, you're, you're really just saying, I want a romantic partner. That's beautiful. But even that romantic partner will not be enough. That's why David names all these different types of relationship. What we really need is community. We need full levels of community. Tonight, my heart for you is that you'd be honest about your loneliness, that you would just sit with it and acknowledge, I'm lonely. You would name it. Two, that you'd be specific in naming your loneliness, the type of loneliness you have, that you would sit with God and try to begin to think, what do I need more of in my life? What would I ultimately desire in my life? And lastly, you'd be willing to take your loneliness to the right places. Of course, taking it to God, talking to a pastor, talking to maybe your growth group leader or someone that you know is spiritually mature and just acknowledging, I want more in a friendship. I want more than what I'm getting in relationship in life right now. And when we acknowledge that, when we're open about that, we become fully human. Don't be so tough that you die alone. Some of you got hurt, so now you're tough. Don't be so tough that you die alone. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would remind us that we were made for people. Remind us that you, we were made to extend ourselves to people and remind us, God, that we need community. We need relationship. We need people who understand us. We need to serve others. We need to have hard conversations, yes, but we need to have small conversations and warm up and get to know and love other people and extend ourselves. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be able to talk through this, walk through this, and be fully human and be fully known. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you and we hope to see you soon.